This is Jay Baby from Glowflow Denver, and you're listening to the Old Man's Podcast with Eric Kirk and the Navigators. This podcast is brought to you by Podbean. Podbean is the easiest way to create your own podcast. We use Podbean to host the Old Man's Podcast here, Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Pacific Time. Download the free Podbean podcast app to start recording and publishing your very own podcast in minutes. Podbean provides everything you need to run your podcast, and you can record and publish episodes directly from the app on your phone. Download the free Podbean app today. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N. Head on over to Podbean at www.podbean.com and use the code PODCAST21. That's all capitalized, PODCAST21, for your first 30 days of podcast hosting for free. Check them out. Bienvenidos al Old Man's Podcast, el podcast del viejo. Nos puedes escuchar en la app de Podbean Podcast, en Apple y Google Podcast, Spotify, Amazon Music y muchos otros lugares. Si nos quieres escuchar en vivo, nuestro show se transmite de lunes a viernes a las 8 a.m. Tiempo del Centro. Morning, old man. Morning, Shelby. Morning, Cindy. Morning, Eric. Morning, yo. We're just waiting for the birthday girl to show up. Well, if they do, they do. If they don't, they don't. I ain't going to worry about it. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Old Man's Podcast with Eric Kirk and Navigators. Coming to you live from across the United States and around the globe. Yeah, it's great to be here. It's a good day. This is January 8th. <clears throat> and um, I want to say hi to everybody that's doing all the uh, our listeners out there throughout the world. You guys are amazing. I want to welcome everybody from Canada. The UK, Sweden, Mexico, Iraq, Brazil, Somalia, 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 Somalia. I think, sorry. Ireland and Jamaica, and here in the states, let's not forget our friends in Oregon, Tennessee, California, Missouri, Kansas, Texas, Colorado, Nevada, and Virginia. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the show. It is so good to see you, man. I, you know, I'm glad. We finally have a Monday show. Good Lord. We haven't, it doesn't seem like we've had a Monday show forever. Want to say hi to uh, Michelle B. Hello. Good Michelle. morning, darling. <laughs> Cindy, how are you? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. And, good of morning course, Cindy. and of course, to Eric, our co-host. Eric, how you doing, buddy? Good morning. Good morning, Eric. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you fine. We can hear you fine. All right. But most most importantly, our chief navigator for the day, who we haven't heard from for almost three weeks, Miss Shonda Sinclair. Hi, Shonda. Mm-hmm. Hey, Shonda. Hey, Shonda. Hey, hey. Woo-hoo. I think most importantly, Eric 
didn't hear her today. Eric Cherry. Yeah, well, you're really soft, Shonda. You're soft in the... Okay. Yeah. All right. Ugh. Hi, Shane. Good to see you. Robert. Hi, Shane. Robert. Okay, how's that? Hey, Shane and Robert. Uh, a little better. A little better. Oh, a little? Okay. Hang on. Yeah, she's still it's like, low. It's like the music's almost grounding you out. Yeah, it is. And we usually have such a good connection. Hey! I tested it before I got here. Is it That's better. Yeah, that's better. Yeah. That is better. So how are you, Shonda? I'm doing all right. <laughs> that's it? Just all right? <laughs> you're supposed to be more full of energy than that. <laughs> ah. Man, I tell you what. Uh, it seems like forever since we've talked. It has been forever. I know. You're the you're the one you're the one navigator that actually got a good break from the show. I mean, because uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we come back on Tuesdays and Amber had to come here, you know, but I mean, man, you you've been gone. Missed you! I've been gone. Thank you. I'm glad I'm to be back. I've been listening, I've been downloading and catching up and I visited Tick Radio Show last night, and yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, Monica's uh, she's she's tearing it up. I'm telling you what, her uh, popularity is getting out there. I mean, uh, she's got to be one of the fastest climbers to ten thousand downloads that I've ever seen. I mean, she just uh, she's she's almost at eleven hundred now. I mean, she's just booming. She's booming. Yeah, she's got a great she's got a great personality and a great talk show. So, but anyway, um, what have you been doing with your time? Have you been uh, uh, traveling around? Have you been exploring? What's going on? Yeah, we went and we did a lot of California. I have family down there, so we got to see some sun and some mid-60s weather and a little bit of rain, but not too bad. Uh -huh. um, went thrift store shopping with some friends. Oh. I love doing that. Not That's fun. But yeah yeah ate some good food listened to the gunshots go off at new year's day new year's eve <laughs> that's always fun that's always fun yeah yeah um it's interesting the different places you go and the different sounds that exist in the city in the middle of california where i grew up uh-huh there are a lot of dogs barking a lot of people have small dogs like chihuahua dogs uh -huh. outside and there you hear a lot of dog barking in in neighborhoods when you're there uh -huh. and uh when i've been in oregon most of the time i'm i'm in rural areas so you don't hear the neighbor stuff as much so it's interesting to visit down there and hear those things they they kind of bring back memories in a weird way because why would dog barking bring that back but it always sounds the same down there. Some roosters crowing, some dogs barking. Anyway, it kind of bring it kind of takes you back to your youth, I think. Yeah. When you hear that those kinds of things, you know that you grew up grew up around you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of working up a poem. Uh, you know, Lee Herrick, the author that we interviewed, he was the poet laureate last year, and I think he's handed handed it over now for 2024 to the new one. But uh -huh. um, or maybe it's a two year. I don't know. Anyway. He, his poem that he read for us called My California, they are doing a call for 
people who have connections with California to write their own My California poem and oh. submit it to them. And they're going to they're going to do a, like an online anthology of of all the My California poems. So I started working up one of those while I was there. Wow. Hey, South Osman, good to see you. Well, you are quite the writer. Uh, I saw you had a new, a couple of new things come out on your webpage. And uh, yeah, I'm starting a writing group for this year. Called I writer saw that. Code. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we're trying. It's like this year's the year to kick it into gear. So what are you, go, what are you trying to, uh, what's your goals for this writing group? Well, the writing group goal really is just, um, I mean, writing groups usually are about peer feedback, um, people reading each other's writing and just giving in, you know, input. Oh. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be other published authors. It just can be anyone interested in writing, even if you're interested in just journaling or writing for yourself and never for publication, you can still benefit from being part of a writing group because it keeps people engaged. It keeps people motivated. It gives you that, um, you know, that kind of buddy push to get your work done. And so really it's just about that. And um, I did a writing retreat over this break that we've been off. Um, really? With, yeah, it's a virtual one. So, um, you know, it's easier to do these days. You just gather with your people virtually and there was some Zoom element and then there were individual independent things. It was a 10 day retreat and uh, it was with an author, a UK author named Beth Kempton. And she wrote a book called um, The Way of the Fearless Writer. And so that was the focus of her group. It was uh, about liquid writing, which is more of your free form um, state of consciousness you know, just write for whatever, not necessarily something you want to publish. And, uh -huh. um, and so that was the focus and several of the people, there were like 12,000 attendees at this virtual thing. And, um, so several of them broke off into groups and wanted to continue going through the year because it's, there's a 12 lesson thing that we can follow. And so we're just going to set up a group and, and go through her book and all of its prompts. But in addition to that, we're going to use some of my original content. Nice. Nice. Hi, Abrin. Good to see you. Thanks for stopping in. Good morning, everybody. <clears throat> um, yeah, and if you're wondering what we're talking about, you can check out Shonda's webpage at www.shondasinclair, S-H-O-N-D-A-S-I-N-C-L-A-I-R.com. And uh, it's the roaming, the road of life. Yeah. That's always, that's always uh, sounds so serene, serenity. Well, I, I chose that because we're all kind of roaming the road, aren't we? We're just roaming around <laughs> trying to figure it out. <laughs> um, but because I did the nomad thing for... Uh, Hi, Miss Dixie. Hi, Paul uh -huh. G. Shane, Robert, good to have you. Oz as well. So I, I chose that. And then Writer's Road, of course, is part of that. So that's right. what the group is called. And if you go to the website, you can, uh, you don't have to subscribe. You don't have to put in your email address and be a subscriber. You can click the button that says continue reading without subscribing. But of course, I would love it if people would subscribe, even free subscriptions, just get you my weekly or, you know, intermittent newsletter in your email inbox. 
and it's a fun it's a fun newsletter i get it i uh i get it so yeah uh you need yeah, to get this that year, the freebie things that i've given out last year are mostly now going to be premium content so uh free subscribers will still get the newsletter but they won't necessarily get all of the extra attachments that are printables that i've been offering before so the journal pages and and the the images and that right and uh, eric put the uh web page uh there the shondasinclair.com uh you might want to throw the www in front of that i guess you have to do that you i'm not do sure you have to uh, with this one because it is a substack but i'm using my own domain it's a redirect and uh -huh. you do have to put the w's in otherwise you end up really nowhere um you can find it by doing roaming the road of life substack but uh i just put my my personal name but yeah you do need the w's okay there it is right there for everybody that's interested i mean i'd check it out <clears throat> when are you gonna post a blog on the web page <laughs> I was just thinking about that this weekend. I need to do a couple of new ones. You know, it's funny. I spent, um, because I had been wrapping up some work for a prior. Uh, You've been very busy. He, for. Yeah. he retired and, uh, and I also do another little side thing and I do a regular work week. So Hi, Marley. I really have been doing almost three jobs and I've been working 20 hours or more on weekends um, doing work work. And so I really hadn't had a lot of time after I finished school and, you know, <clears throat> all that stuff to do the writing. So this last weekend, finally, I got some downtime and I did the two posts on mine. I made uh, several new premium content things that are going to go into my future newsletters, but it takes a lot of time. Um, it does. You know, the thinking of what you want to write, making Hi, it Scott. something that's actually useful that people would would actually be interested in reading and then um making the image content that goes with it is definitely time consuming so i plan to do a few at least you know one a month this year on on pod page so that we have some old man content going on as well <laughs> if you, <laughs> the old man if show, you got time we i i figure we that is the that is low on your totem pole right there uh, uh but i i think i, I think did I, notice you, you know got some in, huh i'm gonna do it's the old man podcast not the old man show that's gonna be the first uh, <laughs> first, first entry of the year <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you uh but i did notice it looks like you got some uh you got some, uh, you know, in the wings there, some books, I mean, some articles or some posts in the wings that you just have to finish up. I do. Yeah. Yeah. I was snooping around. I was snooping around on my own webpage. I was snooping around. What's going on in this webpage? I didn't look at it for a while. <laughs> You're like nothing. <clears throat> I got to get the dusty cobwebs out of the way. Oh, I went to the, I went to the dash, the dash, uh, what is it? What do they call it? The dashboard, mm -hmm. you know, to getting in there. I, I have, and they've changed it. They've changed it. Uh, they've changed it around. And so I'm going, I hate that. oh, I know. Something new? They they just changed the format on it. And this and it's like, I didn't know how to find stuff. It's like, what am I doing? You know? And yeah, yeah. Just, uh, just so just a heads up. Heads up, Shonda. When you go in there to add and look at something, it's you're gonna take you a few minutes to figure out where everything is again. I know. I don't know why people have to change stuff. Why, why do you have to change stuff? 
I don't uh, know, unless WordPress it... does that all the time. And it's hard enough to learn WordPress the first time around. And then they keep changing it. And you have to learn it over and over again. <sighs> um, yeah, I used to do a blog on Blogspot. Um, uh -huh. And I lost, I actually lost access because uh, Google took it over and my, my access email used to be a Yahoo email and uh -huh. they no longer allow the Yahoo email um, login. So I have no login for my old blog and I cannot, Welcome, and I can't delete the content. I can't use it. I can't, I can't access it anymore at all because Man. they had kept changing things and I hadn't uh -huh. been there in a while. And uh, yeah, so now I have like content being held hostage by the internet have you noticed um it seemed to me like uh blogging was the thing there for a while i mean everybody seemed to be doing a blog but then blogging kind of went away uh just you know just kind of kind of came up went off the radar and uh you know podcasting took over it seemed like and all these podcasts and everybody's doing podcasts but but now it seems like there's a reinsurgence of blogging coming. It is that's my perception. Do you see that? Is is that what you're seeing? I think that yes, and I think it just is kind of a morph. You know, it was uh, a different focus before. You had a lot of people coming out of MySpace and learning the new medium and you know the the new blogging platforms. And now we've kind of um, morphed those again and you know now they're called personal journal spaces or um personal hey, you know essay spaces Hi, Russ. Uh, uh -huh. so yeah it's just learning the new platforms but there are still people wanting to to get their things out there and and i used to love i had a circuit i had several uh blogs that i used to follow and I check in with them every now and then, and they'll post a little something here and there. But the old platforms are just not being used. You know, Blogspot is really kind of a ghost town, like MySpace is a ghost town. But uh, me hey, and Substack kind of now seem to be the new places to go and do that. And there might be others, but I think right now Medium and Substack are the things. Well, you know, I, I follow a lot of authors, and uh, the show is followed by a lot of authors. And... Um, you know, so I'm seeing a lot of, uh, <clears throat> you know, posts and all that stuff. And it, it seems to me like, uh, I mean, the new year, man, people are writing. They are, they're writing up a storm. I mean, uh, I follow like the ones that we've done the interviews with. If by chance, if you want to hear our Arthur, our Arthur, I, I always want to say Arthur. It's author, author highlight series that Shonda and uh, the podcast did all of last year. We did like 18 interviews uh, with authors. You can go to the webpage, www.theoldmanspodcast.com, go into the episodes tab, and in the search bar there, type in authors highlights, author highlights, and they'll all pop up, and you can listen to these interviews and uh man you know people are writing people are Hi, putting Bush. out new books they're, they're just uh they're really pushing it oh uh, yeah well and, and i know you, you shonda are hard at work on on your book and ho hopefully it'll be finished sometime this year and and i think so far you old man have have like done some like proofreading of her work oh yeah, yeah. Uh, i think shonda's a shonda's a fantastic author 
Touch uh, RDN, welcome. She, she just writes some some very entertaining stuff. Absolutely, about, yeah. Yeah. and um, because because I think we we like to promote literature around here for sure, and we know our friend Cracks. You know, some people might know her by names like Michelle or Leanne. She's hard at work on a book, from what we understand. Yep, she's yes. got a book and she's publishing it. Go ahead, Shana. Yeah, she she had Fat Cat Radio, right? And then she yeah. put it on hiatus to finish. The Absolutely. So right. I'm looking forward to Right. That. Well, and I definitely look forward to re reading her work. I mean, hopefully she's going to have English translations for us. Oh, it's in English. Okay. Absolutely. And the book that you um, sent out to us, Eric, I found that one very interesting. Well, and of course, I'm going to be working on touching base with Arch very soon, like on on getting him to come on the podcast. And I do apologize for background noise um, because we got some front porch work being done to my house. Um, um, we, we, you know, and you know what I definitely envision with that show is I know I know you, you Shonda, and you old man, and, and me will. will probably definitely for sure be putting that together. And then, and, and I think I kind of thought about like, like if Russ and Shep and Shelby, when, when she gets her book and, you know, Miss Dixie, if they want to, they could email like questions they might have for Archon. We, we might even feature those questions for him. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Um, uh, Kat, uh, I believe um her book is entitled The Devilish Tales of Captain Capricorn. Nice. <laughs> that may have been a working title. I'm not sure. I think that's kind of a cool, that's kind of a cool thing. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> that's the title of her book. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. But you know, we really, we push people to write and, I thought, and we maybe push later. people to write journals you know keep track of stuff what you're doing and express yourself in the in the written word i just about wrote uh, a couple of blogs uh shonda but i i sat down and i just go uh no 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 i ain't gonna write well, if you have ideas, you post them in the drafts and you don't have to polish it. We can I can I can work it over and and make it polished and then you can we can publish it. I know. That's what I was thinking. If but then they go, "No. Miss Miss Shonda's too busy." No, no. Well, I've been <laughs> editing too. I I I um I hesitate to say it, but I had offered Dr. Mansom uh, you know, just like if you want to polish up some of the books and yeah. I love his stories. I, I love his stories, but um, I had uh, offered to polish up a couple just to, you know, give them a little bit of a, a different formatting setup and, and um, add a little bit of, um, you know, a couple of spruce ups. And yeah. so I've been working on that uh, and I hope to be able to finish that soon, but I decided I'm going to have to like take a day of the week that is my editing day because um, I have to, you know, you have to really sit down and, and get mindset on it and have nothing else going on and get focused. Um, and then I like to do in-depth line by line uh, suggestions when I do that. So, um, so yeah, that I, I hope to get that back to him sometime in the next month too, because um, it'll be fun if he can offer a second edition of a couple of his books coming out. Well, you know, I follow uh, this author, uh, Rael Logan. I think that's how you say her name, R-A-E-L-L-E. -L -L -E. 
Raelle Logan, and she writes she writes uh, adventure uh, pirate romantic adventure books, and uh, it's just something fascinating fascinating to me about romance about pirate adventure books, you know, and then you throw romance on top of it for the ladies. And, uh, so we've been, uh, we've been back and forth, you know, I share a lot of her workout. She shares a lot of our stuff out for the podcast. And so I bought one of those books for, uh, my sister, big penny. Cause I, mm-hmm. I was, I was asking big penny, you know, Hey, so are you still reading? She goes, Oh yeah, I read all the time. I go, do you like adventure books? She goes, yeah, yeah. I like adventure books. Yeah. I go, uh, do you like, uh, pirates? She goes, yeah, yeah. I like pirates. I go, would you like to read a, a pirate romance no, novel? She goes, yeah. yeah. So I got her one and I ordered it. And when I ordered it uh, to help promote uh, Rael's books, um, I posted a picture of, you know, the book I got, you know, here it is. I got it. I bought it. You know, you guys need to get one too. And I posted a picture of it and she contacted me right away. She goes, where'd you get that book? Uh, that's, that's like one of the, very first edition. That's the first edition. I, I have changed that since. I've done some re uh, rewriting in it. I've changed the cover, and uh, she goes that. So that that'd be like a used book. I go, oh no, this is not a used book. This is a this is a new book. You can tell the covers the, the covers never been broke on it. You know, and it and it's got a sticker on it and says new book and. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, and so she's telling me, she goes, Oh yeah, well, I've, I've changed, I've changed the story a little bit since then. And I'm going, Oh, well then this ought to be worth some extra money being a first edition. (laughs) And she goes, yeah, you wish. (laughs) Well, you know, one day maybe, I mean, first editions are usually worth more, um, as the, uh, you know, as time goes on and the, and the editions get changed, the first edition becomes more rare and harder to get. And so they do become more valuable, especially if the author takes off and, and becomes very, you know, popular. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you know what? You said something that I have to call you out on here because Uh-oh. you said, no, for the, for the ladies, like for the I, ladies. I get it. men don't understand or like the romance portion of books, but what is the deal with that? Do you not have feelings? <laughs> Well, you men say, oh, oh, the romance for the, the reason the reason I said that was because uh, I don't know. I just don't think and I'm sure there are. I'm sure there are, you know, ladies like pirate stories, you know, and uh, oh, yeah. Totally. Tales of the sea, you know, but and men will never admit to liking the romance part of a romance book, even if it's very well done. And, you know, there is a, a nice emotion and it's not too cheesy. Men will never say, "Oh, I really loved the, you know, the Hi, Mr. T. part of that." You're right, and I'll never confess. That. You've got to get in touch with your emotional side. With our with our romance. <laughs> my my husband is over here cringing, like, "Oh, you didn't just." Yeah, yeah, he's on my side. Hey, T Bone, good to see you. No, you're right. You're right, though. You're right. You know, and I'm sure. <laughs> I stunned him like he can't even speak. <laughs> <laughs> He's choking on his coffee. <laughs> that is so funny. No, but that's, I don't know. I mean, because I think, because what I was trying to do was I was trying to, you know, give her, uh, Ray, I'll give her a somewhat of a promotion, but I, you know, I wanted to emphasize to the women Amen. that they are romance books, you know, uh, 
I think that I don't know. I just in my mind, old school, I guess. I just think that's more appealing to a woman uh, when you bring out the yeah, romance. Well, that seems to be the consensus. I just had to call it out. Like, yeah, I know. It's part of my la 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 la. I got this, and I think, oh, for the ladies, they would like this part. <laughs> well, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've missed you so much, Shonda. The old westerns that. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Well, if you think about it, I mean, you know, there isn't anything you want or anything you could read or watch that doesn't have an element of romance in it. Right. I mean, really, well, if you and, think about it. Yeah, well, and men are usually on one side of that romance. I mean, I know that's 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 a stereotype. And, and these days it can be all different things. But um, but traditionally, men are on one side of that romance. And so they're emotionally invested in the story itself at least um maybe not the watchers or the readers of the story but the character is invested mm -hmm. emotionally so obviously yeah. men have the capacity for emotion <laughs> i got in an argument with somebody over the movie the deadpool movies you know and uh they were saying how it was just i mean it was a we were just uh ribbing each other but oh that's just a violent male that's just a man's movie i go no it's a romantic movie because he's he his his wife he get married he got married and his wife got killed i go it's a romantic movie it's you know and even that i mean yeah deadpool it's got romance in it and i was thinking is another an one avenging? i you know i don't know that movie so is it an avenging kind of movie kind of sorta yeah kind of sorta it is uh and then uh, in the second movie in the uh yeah, the first movie, uh, it's them, and they, they get married. The second movie, she dies. Uh, and then uh, it's all about him, you know. It's all about him wanting to wanting to die. He, he wants, he wants, see, Deadpool can't die. One of his, 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 his uh, superpowers is he regenerates himself. You know, he, yeah. he, if he gets an arm chopped off, it grows back, you know. If he gets cut in half, he grows back, you know. Uh, in uh, the second movie, he blew himself up. He came back. You know, I mean, he just can't. So his goal is he wants to go be with his. He wants to go be with his wife. You know, mm. and it's all about him getting ready to cross that threshold, threshold into eternity and be with his wife. But he sees her and she goes, "No, no, not yet. It's not your time. You can't. You can't." And he always goes, gets called back. You know, so it's kind of like that. Uh, <clears throat> so, but yeah, uh, but then at the end of the second movie, he's got a time machine. He's got a, like a thing that he can, uh, jet around in time. So he goes back into time and he fixes that. He fixes that, that he, he messed up and, uh, you know, and where she got, uh, where, where she died, he, he messed up because he got, his house got invaded and, uh, someone got, someone got by him and was able to kill her. So. Anyway, he fixes all that. And he also fixes the fact that uh, Ryan Reynolds was in uh, Green Green Lantern. He takes care of that. He kills himself re while he's reading the script. And he looks at the camera and goes, you're welcome, Canada. <laughs> you know. <laughs> welcome back, Albert. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's a funny movie. Uh, let's see. But even John Wick, even John Wick. I was thinking, now, John, did John Wick have any romance, romance in it? But see, John Wick, he's 
He's grieving the loss of his wife. John Wick's wife died. And I think she died. It may have been of cancer or something like that. But he's grieving the death of his wife. And um, when she she knew she was going to die. So she had prearranged that a dog, uh, uh, he gets a dog. She has a dog sent to him after her after uh, her funeral and all this and that. And it's a note. She, and she says, I know you're going to be lonely. So here. You know, mm. and so, but then someone, and then someone kills his dog. <laughs> yeah, well, so then he gets really angry. Yeah, then he really gets angry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, but I mean, lost uh, that's. Dog, lost my truck, lost my wife. I gotta go <laughs> avenge everything. That's it. That's it. They stole my Mustang. They killed my wife. Uh, no, they didn't kill. They killed my dog. Everybody's dying. But that was, my point was that there's always seems to be a, uh, a certain uh, little thing of romance in no matter what you're watching. And I, I, I it, you know, it just keeps, it keeps the storyline interesting. It keeps it moving. You know, that's, that's what I think. So mm-hmm. by all means, I don't think anything is wrong with that at all. Not at all. Hey, Abram's posting, uh, posting in the chat room are her. She, she does uh, this today in history and so she posts it in the chat room so uh, everybody can take a look at that and see what's interesting. And then she famous birthdays and yeah, famous. I like the 1978 TV series, All Creatures Great and Small, debuted on BBC TV, based on the books by James Harriet, starring Robert Hardy and Christopher Timothy. I vaguely remember that title. Well, there's actually a newer All Creatures Great and Small. I don't know if they use the whole title of that. Uh, a newer production that has been on um, might be the BBC app streaming that has been over the last couple of years. I love the new version. It's really great. I'll have to look mm-hmm. it up and see if I can um, get the title correct. But yeah. There have been several iterations of that. It's a great story. James Harriet was really an interesting guy. And uh, all of his stories were, I think they were really interesting and, and kind of timeless. He was a, it was a country veterinarian story. Oh, okay. Go out and, you know, reach his whole arm up into a cow to, to birth the calf and you uh-huh. know, to <laughs> follow along for all of the, the, um countryside veterinary stories oh then i see that would be very interesting very interesting stuff right there hey did you know that uh there's this there's this uh university called lake superior state university and they put out a list of words that are banned we're banning these words and <clears throat> this whole thing started out as uh, kind of tongue in cheek. <clears throat> you know, they were they were always uh, being considered part of the bigger of a bigger uh, university when in fact they're not. They're their own standalone school, you know. And they go, well, we need to do something to set us apart. So what they did was they come up with the burning snowman thing that they do. And this banish words list. It was all done in, you know, kind of jest and, like I said, tongue in cheek. Mm-hmm. So here are their, let's see, how many are there? Ten. There are ten banned words or sayings 
that, uh, you know, are for uh, 2024. And I was saying, I was thinking, I just, I thought I read that. So wait, before I go into this, uh, there's a thing they, they write here. Now let me find it. Oh, okay. So here it is. Here's their, here's I their, header. their header. For their header for this. Hey, hey, Rich. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Good to see you, buddy. Um, let's see. So it says 2024 banished words list press release. And they started off with at the end of the day, Lake Superior State University slays once again, leaving a lasting impact on the linguistic world with the release of their 2024 banished words list. And I went, well, isn't that funny? Because they start this whole thing off with the thing they banished at the end of the day. That's one of the things they banished. Uh, uh, so anyway, <coughs> hack. Hack is the first word on the list. The term hack has increasingly become a popular buzzword, frequently utilized to impact the aura of innovation or sophistication to various subjects. It's widespread adoption in multiple contexts, extending beyond its initial technological content, has the potential to lessen its inherent significance, using it anywhere or everywhere, even beyond its tech roots, could make it lose its magic. Hack. Okay. It doesn't have tech roots. Hack is a verb. To hack something means to chop it up. And that predates the tech use. So they need to go back to the drawing board. However, I do agree that uh, your use of a paperclip as a new way to hack your life is overused. <laughs> now remember paperclip hacks for 2024. Okay, but now just remember now they say they're they're banished, but it's all tongue in cheek. They're not really banished. No, I know, I know, I know. All right. But I'm saying it's not a tech word. That is definitely not a tech word. And yeah. also in addition to being the verb, it is uh used for writers. If you're a hack, you're a crummy writer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you're a hack at anything, you're crummy at it. Yeah, I was called at it. I, I was, I was. Uh, that was my style of golfing. <laughs> I was a hack. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, because it's like you, uh, it's, and that probably comes from you're hacking away at it. You're, you're, you're very clumsily chopping the thing up. That's not nice to say about my golfing, Chandra. <laughs> You've never seen me golf. No, that's exactly it. That that's exactly it. That's exactly it. Uh, but let me ask you: uh, were you uh, were you impressed that I read that text with all those big words in there? I was impressed. You did very well. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I could read any more of them, but that was a challenge right there. All right. Yes, you could. Second word. Second word on the list is impact, impact. Essentially, as a verb, why use this word when we have a perfectly good word that means, uh, that makes more sense, effect. Overusing it not only takes away its pizzazz, but also rubs, robs other words from their spotlight, impact. Okay, well, 
I here again. Yep. <laughs> I have to say, uh, I think they mean effect and not affect. Um, so people need to understand the difference. Effect is something that you have upon something. You can effect change. An affect is something that is uh, you you if you have an affect, it is not uh, something that you're changing. So impact would be more like effect, in my opinion. So I don't know. But yeah, I am. Um... You know, that is, you you are right. I mean, effect and effect, effect and effect. I always thought of it this way, that effect, the effect was the result of an effect. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, you're thinking, you're thinking. You can't, you're right. You can, you can affect something. But it, but it brings about the effect that happened. So I always think of the effect more as the resulting verb, mm-hmm. uh, the, the, the movement, and the affect is, is your force upon something. Mm. Or, or your countenance, the way you look, is your affect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> so I think they have that wrong. But I could be wrong. <laughs> Number at the end of the day, that's number three. Are you looking at this list too? Yeah, I just pulled. <laughs> at the end of the day is number three. Sometimes a word needs to be rebanished. This is one of them. Many comments note that it is uh, overused and meaningless, often employed as a theoretical. Uh, Now, see, I'm all all messed up now. Device that attempts to encapsulate the complexities of a situation summarily. Lacking uh, nuance and depth. You know, that that saying seems to me like that's been around for at least 10 years. Well, at the end of the day, I used to hate it when people say that, especially in meetings. We're having meetings, you know, and you'd say something. They go, "Well, at the end of the at the end of the day, you know." Right at the end of the day, what we really want is yeah. to affect some change <laughs> <laughs> and quit hacking around. <laughs> exactly. At the end of the day, okay. Uh, the next one is Riz. <clears throat> I have never heard this. It should be just going forward instead of at the end of the day. Going forward, what we would like to see. Yes, going forward. Yeah, but. Uh, All right, Riz, number four. Sorry. Moving number forward. Four. Yeah, even that bugged me too. Well, going forward. Yeah, just do it, people. Just do it. Okay, um, Riz, I've never heard. Hi, Bella. I've never heard uh, this, Riz. I've never heard this. I haven't Never Riz. Must never be heard a. This. What comes after Gen X? I mean, what comes after Millennials? Are we on Y or Z? Z, Gen Z, I, after, I guess. Um, after, after Generation X, um, it's Generation Y, also known as the Millennials. And the Gen Z is the post-Millennial. Okay. Maybe it's a post-Millennial word. <laughs> I've never heard I, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. You know, I got that list somewhere. I wrote that. I finally, I ha- I finally found it, and I wrote it down. Uh, what all those generations and uh, the years they re- represented and that kind of stuff. So I can't find, I don't have it right now, but anyway, anyway, back to the words, back to the words. Uh, let's see. Uh, 
Riz. Riz derived as a shortened form of charisma. What? How do you get Riz out of charisma? Well, old know. man, you got the Riz. <clears throat> That's why it's your show. <laughs> you got the Riz. Man, you got the Riz, man. <laughs> I like that. I might have to start using that. Yeah, we might have to bring that back. You got the Riz. Uh, gained <laughs> prominence as Oxford's Word of the Year. Oh, this used to be Word, oh, word of the Year and has become a familiar presence in the realm of social media discord uh the U south osman has really set this word out ka riz ma ka riz ma oh, okay so they just took the middle of charisma and made it yeah, yeah all right uh let's see uh <clears throat> uh i forgot where i left off uh slay Okay, so like, oh wait, uh, I wasn't done. I wasn't done reading about Riz. With language doing the cha-cha of change, we're wondering if this word still rocks the charisma scene, or if it's time for a language remix. Well, I don't know. I, I'm like, I, I'm kind of like, well, I'm kind of with you now, uh, Shonda. We should say, we should say Riz. Yeah, I think so because considering that Oxford apparently forgot to send out the ad campaign that they were even using that word as one of their words of the year, I don't. Think I know. It's on. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's had time to even get moving yet. I don't ah, think it's I, chop it. yeah. I mean, what's going on? <laughs> Scott says it's more like, "What is your res? Like, how you? How do you pick up? What's your res? I don't know. I don't know about that, Scott. I don't know. I don't know, Scott. And it's R I Z Z. Riz, not Rez. Oh, what's he? Riz. Riz. Like... I don't know. I mean that that might be a, a different word right there, Scott. What you're thinking? Well, about. is that is that a is that a pickup line? What's your Rez? Like, where do you live? What's your residence? <laughs> Someone sits down next to me in a bar and says, "Hey, baby, what's your Rez?" I'm gonna punch him in the face. Oh, jeez. <laughs> resume resume oh short as oh, in resume <laughs> oh that osman i'm telling you uh, south osman he's he's up there he's what's going on all right number five slay number five while perfectly acceptable in specific contents slay has transcended uh, its original meaning and infiltrated situations where its usage no longer aligns with its intended significance. Its translation from a specialized term denoting exceptionally accomplishment to a commonplace expression for any achievement prompts scrutiny to its misapplication, particularly in <laughs> the characterization of routine or mun mundane actions. Now it's sprinkled everywhere from wearing a stylish outfit to tackling the art of parallel parking. I slayed it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're slaying that. You're slaying that. <laughs> well, um, I think they used a whole lot of words to say that, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, they they were testing me on, on on my reading ability. They were 
I gotta tell you, I'm pretty. Uh, you know, I don't want to. You know, I don't want to toot my own horn this morning, but I'm. I'm feeling. Uh, I'm feeling pretty accomplished with uh, being able to read this stuff. Man, you have slayed it. I slaying it. Scott says you guys are old. <laughs> well, uh, no, no, Sean is not old, but I definitely am. I'm, there. I'm I'm younger than Scott by six years. Hello. Yeah, there you go. We're not all old. Yeah, yeah. You're only as old as you feel, Scott. Right or, now. Or or as I like to say say about age, age is just a number. You know, especially if you're like me and you know and 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 think like be, being with being in a relationship with somebody significantly older or younger than you, you know, is 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 like nothing and, and you think it's a picnic or a walk in the park of some kind. Yeah, yeah I guess. Sure. <laughs> and Mr. T asked Scott, like, what is old? Uh, like over 45? I, I think yeah. if, if that's what Mr. T meant. What's old now? Well, old man's generation didn't like anybody over 30. No, we didn't. <laughs> and then we became 30. <laughs> then we well, became right, 30. Very quickly. And we didn't like anybody over 50. Fast. Yeah, and then we didn't like anybody 50. And now we're now 50. Like, don't trust those 90-year-olds, man, because they will really mess you up. <laughs> don't trust them 90-year-olds, man. And everybody below us in age, they don't know what they're doing. They're all whippersnappers. They don't know. Those are just kids. Yeah. They're just kids. Yeah. I find myself telling that to people that say, well, I'm, uh, I'm like a 45 this year. I'm going, man, you're still just a kid. <laughs> Weird. Next word, icon. <clears throat> is that right? Iconic? Yep. Is that what it is? Is that well, iconic? <clears throat> well, and, and then Arizona is really representing in today's live show chat, like Big Rich and Scott and Mr. T, of course. But all we're missing is Amber May and Cubella. And Hanny A. Absentia. Uh, that's iconic. And that guy. <laughs> that's iconic. This one appeared on the list in 20, uh, 2009, 2009. So perhaps it's time for another attempt to point out its overuse. So apparently when they put it in 2009, uh, people still kept using it. So they didn't stop using it. It's overuse and lack of meaning in most situations. Despite its initial recognition as a word worthy of distinction, it's repeated application in contents that don't merit such acclaimed challenges is generally iconic. It's genuine, genuine iconic status. It's like that one hit wonder playing on a loop. So they're saying iconic is like a one hit wonder word. Huh. Well, yeah, they're saying that you call everything iconic and then it loses its meaning. But yeah, you just call everything iconic, then nothing's iconic. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Uh, let's see. Cringeworthy. Cringeworthy. Yeah, I don't. I don't like that word. I don't like that statement anymore either. From the I don't comments. Never used it. Oh, really? Well, no. I. I mean, I know it. I know it. I've heard it a lot, but I don't think I've ever used it. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, the use of this term is cringeworthy. <laughs> there you go. Uh, talking about cringeworthy. The irony is, ser is served hot as the very term cringeworthy finds itself under the spotlight. 
It's like a word caught in its own cringe-worthy moment. Now, as we usher in the new year, it's time to decide if this linguistic drama deserves an encore or if we should bid cringe-worthy adieu to make room for fresh, less cringe-inducing expressions by 2024. I don't know. It seems to me like they like that word because uh, they sure used it a lot. They did use it a lot. It was very pithy. I'm going to use cringeworthy a lot of times to talk about how we shouldn't use cringeworthy. But uh, what would replace it? Yeah, I don't know. What would replace cringeworthy? I mean, you can't, you, I can't think of anything that would replace it. That's cringeworthy. I mean, and I think actually the term now is so cringe. <laughs> so cringe. I've never heard that. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, Big Rich says, I thought cringeworthy was the range from zero to uh, 1,010 being cringeworthy of a accident you see on the road. Huh. I don't know. Yeah. That little I moment suppose. of silence was cringeworthy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We were making a point. We were. We were <laughs> number eight is uh, Number eight is obsessed. Uh, the use of this word for things that are not truly being obsessed over makes it a good candidate for rethinking how it uh, how we use the word. The casual use of obsessed. Uh, to describe routine interests or preferences underscores the potential misappropriation of the term, prompting a reconsideration of its application. Should As one in, be obsessed with a new kitchen gadget or a new shade of, of paint? This year's contributors think that. <laughs> I was just going to use, as in, I'm literally obsessed with my purple pen for journaling this year oh do you have a do you have a do you have a favorite literally pen? obsessed um yeah no yes some i i have a series of them yes and, and um or more of them might be purple when was the last time you bought a new pen uh-huh uh-huh Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. Uh, <laughs> Rich says, "Oh, you didn't say that." Literally obsessed with my purple pen. I did. Yeah, um, I uh, I find pens nowadays are so cheap. I mean, it's like you buy a new pen, and uh, you know, within a week or two weeks, you're out of ink. It just runs out. They don't put enough ink in them. I don't think so. I don't think so. But you know the yeah, one the thing that has the tips don't work as long as they used to either. No, the quality has gone down the tubes greatly. But that being said, the original Bic pen, and I don't remember what year it came out, but the original Bic pen is still being produced today. Yeah. yeah. Yep. You know what I like even better than that is the Papermate 
counterpart to the big stick pin. The really? The one that's, uh, I don't know, it's hexagonal or something with the little blue cap. Well, I always like blue ink. If I'm writing regular stuff, I prefer blue ink to black. Mm -hmm. I don't even, I hardly even own a black pen. Um, <clears throat> and if I'm writing in my journal, then it's multicolored usually because, you know, you got to have some visual interest and texture in there. Um, but yeah, I like the, I like the paper mate blue, regular old ballpoint pen. Mm. Mm. The flow, the flow is better than the Bic. Although I do have at least three Bic pens here next to me as you know, they, they still might have some Riz. <laughs> 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 nice nice <laughs> but you know what i actually have been literally obsessed with <laughs> what do of, tell do tell uh, ballpoint uh, i'm sorry not ballpoint uh, quill pens original quill pens that oh, you dip into ink and yeah. then you use the ink i love those i have several and a few do you really Mm -hmm. And a few different bottles of ink color. Oh, yeah, of course. Now, see, the one thing I don't understand is when you have the quill pen, I understand I can I can visualize it in my head. I know what it looks like. I know I know what the, the tip of it looks like. But you dip it in the ink, but where's the ink going? Is it is it stored in that little space in in the quill pen? Yes. Well, so it's stored in the little space in the quill tip yeah. or if you have the, uh, there are, there's two kinds. There are two kinds. There are the types that just have the tip and there's nothing to the pen part, except it's just a stick to hold the quill tip. But right. there are other ones where it has the, have you seen the, in antique stores or wherever you get the ones that have that little lever that pulls. Yeah. Out it sucks. The, it sucks yeah. the ink up in it. Yeah. Yeah. So those have a bladder inside mm -hmm. and you use that lever. So you put it down in the jar and use the lever to suck the ink up into the bladder. And then you have a longer use. Otherwise, if you're just having it in the little quill tip, you have to keep dipping much more often. Yeah. And that is also why uh, people used to have blotters and they had a little uh, tablet of paper that was just meant for touching the extra big glob of ink off your tip before you do the writing. Yeah. You know, when I was a kid, something about that, those, and we called them fountain pens. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right. That's what we Well, and, and the ones from your day and age, uh, a lot of times were uh, automatic fountain pens. So you didn't have to dip them in the inkwell anymore. They come with a, a, like a bladder refillable. And, and then they would just, once you yep. use them, you could refill that. Yep. You just pop that little, uh, that little uh, thing full of ink in it. Mm -hmm. And like you, yeah, the cartridge, and then when you screwed it back together, it pierced the little razor blade, pierced that, and uh, there you go. <laughs> Rich says they're called chisels, chisels in my day. Around these days, the old man could use a refillable bladder. <laughs> you could switch it out. All right, all right, that's enough. <laughs> uh, but anyway, what I was going to get to is like it seemed like everybody 
whenever it was time to give me some kind of gift, you know, birthday, Christmas, something, they would give me a fountain pen. They would give me a fountain pen. And it was like, you know, I hated them. I hated them. But you know what's funny now, Shonda? I want a fountain pen. I've got to go find me one and buy it because I, I was 70 years old when I finally realized how to use those. <laughs> yes. I mean, you know, um, depending on how much pressure you put on that tip regulates the broadness of the stroke, you know. Right. And that's well, why you can get that calligraphy. That's exactly. Right. Yep. That's why they're used in calligraphy because you can get that those different width of of pen stroke. Yeah. Well, and, and also that's why a lot of men used to have the pocket protector in their top yep. shirt pocket because you would they would hold your pen in your shirt pocket and the old the pens of old were leaky and so you had to have a plastic pocket protector to keep the ink from getting on your shirt. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I need to go and I need to go try to find me uh, one of those pens and start using it. And that's how, you know, uh, the one thing I could never figure out when you write, when you write cursive or you read cursive, it's, it's like a, um, a light form of calligraphy, you know, mm -hmm. and I could never figure out how people could do that because I would, how do they, how do they do that with a, you know, with a, a regular ballpoint pen? Well, you can't, you've got to have a fountain pen to be able to write like that, you know? Yeah. Or these days they make, um, marker tips. They make certain marker type pens in various widths that are, you can buy whole calligraphy sets. Um, and they have the chisel tips on the marker tips. Miss um, Dixie says that she has several quill pins, and her son likes to use them as well. Man, that's something. And and Marley says he's he's really holding holding his immaturity in with this pen conversation. <laughs> oh no, Marley, let it out, brother, let it out. Tell us what you're thinking. <laughs> anyway, well, you know, I mean you know, they, they, they got away from fountain pens and all that when they stopped teaching cursive in, in school, you know, if they would have taught me cursive in school, you know, giving us uh fountain pens, it'd have been a whole new story right there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'd have had a whole new impact. You know, and I finally remember, you know, learning cursive as early as second grade, um, courtesy of um, an English language arts, you know, cl class, you know, when I when I attended school, you know, the teacher in question was Miss Blackman. You know, God rest her soul, she's been gone for a little over twenty years now. But uh -uh. meaning now, and I, I mean, I still fondly remember her. Yeah, I. I have you know, some just... favorite teachers that were uh, that that you you know remember teaching you writing or the English or. Well. I mean, I like I have like a like a like a few favorite teachers and a few not so favorites, but I'm I'm sure I'm not alone with that kind of experience because because you have teachers who who truly have your best interests in mind, and you have teachers who are just there for the money and, and don't and, and in some cases don't really care about the kids or or they're just not really cut out to be teachers and um, because because if you're going to be a teacher, you you really got to have the drive you know for for wanting to 
to be, be, be very influential in the students' lives. Yeah. You know, my fifth grade teacher, Mrs. Falk, um, that's the- I had a second grade teacher named Miss Folk. No, this is Falk, F-A-L-K. Falk. Falk. F-A-L-K. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, mine is Folk, F-O-L-K. I mean, that, that was really her last name, but, but she's retired now. Oh, okay. Um, anyway, she, uh, she was the one teacher I called mom. <laughs> oh, wow. The accident. I remember in the middle. The, like when you. Yeah. In the middle of class, you know, you so need to get, Hey mom, <laughs> mom. And it's like, what? And then she was also her name is the, when I called my mom, her name, Mrs. Falk, Mrs. Falk, my mom goes, I'm not Mrs. Falk. I'm your mom. Oh, ooh, I'm sorry. So, uh, Apparently, she had some kind of impact on me. She was a nice lady. She was yes, nice lady. Jimmy, what can we do for you today? <laughs> Jimmy. Yes, Jimmy. You sound like one of my teachers saying that to me. Jimmy. <laughs> Jimmy. Wait for it. Yeah, wait for it. All right, we got it. We Did we do Obsessed? Yeah, we did Obsessed. Side Hustle was the next one. Uh, the term no, we didn't do Side Hustle. No, I know. You got to do number nine. <clears throat> Side hustle. The term side hustle has uh, gained widespread use, prompting considerations about its impact on how we perceive economic challenges. It may be worth uh, reflecting on it, on whether its prevalence in, inadvertently downplays the general realm of the situation, while side hustle adds flair to our language. Our contributors feel that the only side hustle is the one needed to get to their second job. Side hustle. I, I've always thought of side hustle hey, as Huff. like something that you, something that you did on the side that that to make money. You know. Yeah. What's your side hustle? Yeah. Well, these yeah. days it's gig. What's your side gig? What's your gig? We're in a gig economy now, so gig. side hustle take a back seat to the word gig. Yeah. I don't know. I kind of like side hustle. I like side hustle. And then this last I think, one. I think, to use one of Scott's words, I uh -huh. think that gig, the word gig, low key, pushed side hustle to the side. Really? Low key? I don't see a yeah. connection between low key and side hustle. Come on, Scott. I used it correctly, right? Because yeah. I always thought of side hustle was just that. It's something that you did on the side. A side no, hustle. No, it is. But but the word gig, low-key, kicked side hustle to the side. Because gig took over. So low-key, man, it pushed it over to the side. Huh. He's saying we got to use the word low-key. Or, or low-key is a word that needs to be thrown out the door, too. But Okay. I'm just wondering. <laughs> We left the old man in dementia camp. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the old man? He's over there on dementia, dementia lane, right over there. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, because when you say gigs, because when you say gigs, I'm thinking of that's that's uh, that's what someone in a band does. They go play gigs. Right. It's your job. Well, and that's true. That's true. And it, right. And gig. Uh, that's probably where it comes from for the modern usage. I don't want to say modern, but the current <clears throat> usage of gig is a side gig. What's your side gig? And it just means what's your side hustle? What's your side job? 
Um, and it probably came from doing gigs, which used to be, of course, originally a musical event. So, yeah. All right. All right. Uh, that's what we send his, his mail all the time. Oh, to Dementia Lane. <laughs> Dementia Lane. mail to Dementia Lane. Uh, yeah, means not liking something in secret, which makes no sense. Yeah, so see, Marley says I did it right. Low key, gig pushed side hustle out the way. Huh, I don't know. Weird. I don't use low key very often, but I'm going to have to throw that in now and then. <laughs> 2024, low key, that's my new word. <laughs> low, low key gig pushes side hustle out of the way. Yeah, you said it again. Okay. Uh, what else there? All right. All right. All right. And then uh, last and glad it's the last is wait for it. I hate that. Wait for it. <clears throat> if we're watching the video, then we're already waiting for it, right? Exactly. While wait for it is trying to be the hype master, let's question if it's adding extra sparkle or just stating the obvious. I think it's stating the obvious. Wait for it. Wait for it. We are waiting for it. <laughs> and and when I see something that says wait for it, it's like, like on a video. You know, you're going to watch a video and it says wait for it. I'm going, uh, this is going to be, uh, this is going to be a too long of a video. And by the time the end comes, it's going to go, really? That was it? Right. That was right. Well, and I think that's probably where that comes from because people put out content and then, you know, it's a 30 second or a two minute thing and people don't wait for it. They go, ah, ah scroll, scroll, scroll. That's and what so I do. That's where people are like, wait for it. There's something good at the end. But then they mess it up because you wait and nothing was good at the end. And so then you stop waiting for it for anybody else either because it's just, you know, it's a gimmick, right? It's a, yeah. it's a clickbait. Yeah, exactly. I exactly. Uh, and then well, you who wasted was... five minutes of your life or an hour or however long that you're never going to get back. And it wasn't worth waiting for. No. No. And You've before wasted. we move completely on from the pen discussion, Scott mentioned that anybody who wants to try a fountain pen or a quill pen type pen, you can go and get a Pilot Varsity pen and it has the quill tip and it's pretty inexpensive and, um, well, dare I say it, disposable, um, but it's not messy and you don't have to dip into the ink jar. Pilot Varsity makes a really Pilot nice quill tip varsity. regular pen. Huh. Available at any office supply store near you. Mm -hmm. Were you able to write fancy cursive with the with one of those pens? Well, I have a handicap in that because I'm left-handed, and oh, so yes and no. I'm not really good at calligraphy. My mother was absolutely amazing at calligraphy, mm -hmm. and she didn't even have to study. She just pull out pens and like la la la. There it is. Um, but she was right-handed and pens, especially the older kind of pens, like a quill pen are actually created for you to pull uh, the ink along the page. And when you write in right-handed 
way and with this right-handed slant on the paper, you're pulling the pen properly. And not pushing. When you're a left, right. When you're a left-handed writer, you tend to write from above the letters, which of mm -hmm. course they tried to correct from everybody in school, but there's this natural tendency to write from above and to push instead of pull the pen. And that um, really hinders the ability to write good calligraphy. So you either have to learn the pull technique or, um, you know, somehow find a way to hack it <laughs> so that you can make uh, good calligraphy left-handed. So would you say that um, <clears throat> people that are left-handed should have learned how to write right-handed? I would not say because that's that. the no. no, I'm saying, would no. you say no? No, because uh, because of just the way the uh, the instruments and just the way the words are written, I mean, they go from left to right, which is normal or natural, right-handed. Well, I mean, writing left to right is <clears throat> left-handed, but it's literally the way that we approach the writing of the letters um, from top to bottom, and and the so when i was in school what they teach you is the way to tr turn the paper properly if you're left-handed mm -hmm. you have to turn the paper to uh to a, an angle toward the right the top of the paper should be angled toward the right and then you approach it from below and then you're pulling but uh but in fact that doesn't that's not the natural way that left-handed people tend to approach it so i always t would slant my paper to the left the top of my paper slants to the left in fact people say i write upside down i'm i'm a completely slant not just to the left at a 45 degree angle but my paper sits in front of me completely sideways so the top of the paper is facing my left hand and i write from left to to write but i actually write down the page sideways um and teachers from top to, to bottom to, i write from top to bottom yeah yeah and teachers used to try to fix that they would they would come and you know turn the paper no little shonda you you know you have to write this way <laughs> do and it like little jimmy exactly <laughs> and i would I would turn my page correctly. And then as soon as they walked away, I would put it back the way it works for me. And by third grade, they gave up. They were like, okay, you're not going to change the paper direction, but my handwriting was excellent. So they didn't have to continue to do that. Um, so no, I don't think that it should be forced, but after saying all that, I will tell you, I am ambidextrous and I can write with my right hand almost as well. As, with as it if should I, be. If I want to. If I and want I think to. that that's normal. That's the normal thing right there, being able to do it with both hands. Yes. I think that's normal. Mm -hmm. I think I think that's how we we are meant to be ambidextrous. We're we're meant to be able to use both hands uh, equally. Now, so when I write, when I write, I write with the with the the paper leaning towards my left, and I write from bottom up as I'm writing which is natural for me, you know? Right. Well, but, and uh, I, I mean, ambidextrous, yes and no. We do have, uh, you know, neurologically, people come with a dominant side. Um, and and that's, it's a, it's a natural. Welcome back, Russ. Whatever, natural selection, DNA, whatever, whatever um, things uh, attribute to that. Really? come that way. You uh, believe yeah. that? Rich. Huh. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
but but my grandfather was ambidextrous and um, right-handed, but he did his left hand equally as well. Everyone else in my my family was naturally more right-handed. But but in addition to the hand, are you right-eyed or left-eyed? Are you right-footed or left-footed? Because I tend to, uh, when I played tennis in high school, I didn't have very good backhand at all, but I had mm -hmm. double forehand, and, and they hated it. The, the coach hated it when I would swing my racket between my hands because I would use two forehands instead of using a backhand. Um, but I bat right-handed, I bowl right-handed, I kick right-footed. Hmm. Well, um, so, yeah. and I'm a mess. Well, and I think like, um, you know, like with me, for example, like I've, I've tried writing with my le left hand, but I mean, I, like I can, but, but I, but I think trying to write left-handed, I'm still a little rusty there, but, but if, but with my right hand, I, I write perfectly with that. And, and, and you old man and you Shonda, you know, have seen my handwriting, which is, is very readable, like in notes that I've sent y'all when I sent y'all those books. Yes. Hi, Paul G. Welcome back. And, and the thing about like, like the like the right half of your body is controlled by the left side of your brain, much like the left half of your body is controlled by the right side of your brain. And people who are left-handed tend to be more creative thinkers, and people who are right-handed, like me, tend to be more logical thinkers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I, I am of the opinion that <clears throat> a baby, an, an mm -hmm. infant, when they're starting to develop their motor, motor skills, I think they're on an even keel. I think they're on an even keel. Uh, when you watch them as they're growing up, this is just my opinion, but when you watch them as they're growing up, they seem to be as active left or right. I mean, they're grabbing things with their either hand. You know, they're putting things in their mouth with either hand. Um, you know, I, I think they're, I, I just think they're just, you know, they're, they're on an equal keel there, either left or right-handed. And I think as they grow, I think as they grow, what we do as parents is we start seeing them like once they start grabbing something, they're going to draw. No, no, put it, no, it, put it in your, this hand, put it in this hand. You know, like if you, you sit down, a kid is going to color, you know, the color, they'll grab a crayon. They start coloring with their, their left hand and we're quick to go, no, 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 put that in your other hand, put it in your other hand. When I think we should leave them, we should, we should leave them alone. And uh, just let them just let them develop uh, on that equal bill. Now, I mean, I, I don't I don't know when you start talking about uh, you know what's in their DNA and their genetics. I mean, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, right-handed. I don't know. I just I just don't think I I I just think that. Well, what what foot do you kick with? I can kick with either foot. When, if you played sports, well naturally i'm going to kick you with my right foot exactly but, and so but you can do it with both but you have a predisposition to being better at one than the other and that doesn't mean that we can't develop both but you right. do come with a natural propensity for one to be better than the other yeah i think I, and your eye if I you're guess. shooting if you're shooting a gun what eye do you sight with Eye domination. Naturally. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah. It's the same thing. Hand domination is the same. You know, we, because we are versatile, you know, humans, we can, um, you know, we can train ourselves from a very early age, from toddlerhood to, to 
use both probably almost equally as well. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, you look at people who had no hands or who had lost limbs when they were young and the people who've learned to write with their feet and they write, they can, ha they can write with their toes holding the pen just as well as some people write with their hand. So we mm -hmm. can adapt and learn those things, which is amazing, I think. Um, but you do naturally come, I think you do naturally come with one uh, tendency over the other. Mm -hmm. It, it could very well be. It could very well be. I just believe that we should uh, not um, uh, not pigeonhole the kids into being that they have to be right-handed. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know if that was no, the right I, term. I just felt like saying it. Um, I decided. Let's you know force them into a particular yeah. spot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I decided to put a question in chat to survey. You know, our live show audience. Um. Like, are you left-handed or right-handed? Put L in chat for left-handed or if you're right-handed or put V down if you're versatile. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm going to go L, comma, V. Oh, nice. Ooh. Cindy's right-handed. Shonda is a versatile left hand. Paul is right. Shane is versatile. Um, and, the, and Hoff is right. <laughs> and Russ says he's left-handed, F for dexterously, and then... BP is right-handed. Oh, nice. I see. Oh, nice. I, I Marley's right-handed. Cool. Even though I was, even though I was doing, I'm, I'm considered right-handed. You know, there's just are certain things that I can do both hands. But um, the one thing that gets me is like when you look at a, a, I love watching people play the piano. You know, and I, I, I picked up a little piano when I was in school and that, but. The thing that uh, lately I've been watching these people and it amazes me how they can have both hands doing all that, doing all that cash stuff, deep. And, uh, you know, and it make and it makes music. It's just amazing to me. Like uh, I, my first instrument that I learned how to play was the clarinet. Well, you got to use both hands to play the clarinet. You got to use both hands to play the guitar. You know, you got to use both hands on the piano, you know, and. Guitar is one of those where if you're left-handed, you have a harder time because the rhythm of strumming is different for one hand than the other. So if you think about it, if you had to string your guitar backwards and uh -huh. you had to strum with the other hand, would you be as good at it? Oh, not as good? Learn, no, no, not I as want to good. Learn guitar, but yeah. I've never learned guitar because I cannot strum with my right hand. My left hand is is the the hand that I would prefer to use for that. But guitars are naturally strung for people to fret with the left and strum with the right, and that that's opposite the way I would be able to to do it. I mean, I could, see, but I'm not very good at it. Now, see, Grammy, she's is terrible. Grammy's right-handed, but because of a birth defect, her left arm is. <clears throat> shorter than her right arm. Mm -hmm. And so when she went to learn to how to play the guitar and she has the, the, the movement of her left shoulder is restricted. So when she wanted to learn how to play the guitar, I had her play, I had her learn left-handed because it, it, the guitar fit her better. Right. You know, she could strum with her left arm and reach all the frets with her right arm, which is the opposite. 
And uh, she, you know, she picked it up pretty good. You know, she was doing good. But now I've sat there, Shauna, and I looked at that and I went, let me see if I can play this left-handed guitar. And uh, you're, yeah, I mean, that was hard. That, that was hard to yeah. do because my my brain, it was like I I had to try to reverse everything in my brain to try to play that left-handed. Right. It's hard. And you yeah, can, hard. but you're naturally better at one <clears> than the other. Um, but you know what? I Because guitars are big and I have that same trouble, and, and Paul G says uh, he's with me. His fingers don't do that that way either. Um, I found, we bought our daughter a Martin backpacker guitar uh-huh oh yeah years ago oh i love that nice thing. little guitar it is and it has such nice sound i mean it almost has the the really vibrant sound of a, a full-sized guitar that's uh, because it's, it's a martin it is <laughs> those and are high quality guitars it's just built really nicely yeah and and it's and it's backpacker which means it's narrow it's built in, in a very narrow way and you can yep. easily just sling it in a backpack and carry it around with you. And that is the one that I plan to learn on if I ever get, a, you know, any downtime to learn something new. Um, <clears throat> but I'd have to string it backwards too. It's nice and small. I can get my arms around it easily, but I, I just can't strum the way it's currently strung. You have a hard time strumming. <laughs> well and i'm you know i'm not a ballet dancer either and maybe that all goes hand in hand <laughs> oh my gosh my gosh i think that one of the best things they can do for kids is teach them how to learn musical instruments though <clears throat> uh because it gets yeah, I them played flute i enjoyed playing flute it, it, that was an, a nice instrument to play, and yes, you use both hands. And now, uh, did you? Then you can you can't play it left-handed. You got to play that le- right-handed. Well, no, you you have you you have your left hand on certain keys and your right hand on certain keys, and that worked very well for me. I didn't have to, um, I didn't have to do any weird shenanigans because no, no. it's created <laughs> so. Right. <laughs> it's created so that you hold it, it 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 holds off to your right from your mouth. It extends right. off to your right, but your left hand Welcome is right mics. there next to your mouth. It, your first hand is the left hand, and yeah. your left hand is doing a whole lot more work. Oh than your no, right no, hand does oh yeah, no, no. I totally agree with you, but it's but it's a right-handed instrument. I mean, you don't see people playing it left-handed. You don't see people playing it the opposite, or, uh, you, uh, the opposite where their where their uh, right hand is up and their right. left, but you I'm know, close enough. It's it's interestingly that it is it's interesting that it is a right-handed instrument, but it's one of those <clears throat> things that um, fits well with the way a left-handed person works. The mm-hmm. much the same way that knitting is technically a right-handed thing for most people. But mm-hmm. I didn't have to alter knitting at all. It works extremely well for the way I, my left hand likes to work. Because when you're knitting, your main knitting uh, really happens on... The swinging of the yarn happens with your right hand. But mm-hmm. the main um, guide in knitting is your left hand. Your, your left hand is the anchor. And so it works well for me because I anchor with that right hand and then all of the the right hand does all the other movement 
So, so to say something <clears throat> like that in playing an instrument or, or that uh, knitting and crocheting stuff to say that it's right-handed is not, I don't think that's the correct way to say it. That's just, well, is that, it's just the way it is. I mean, that's, that's just how you do it. I mean, this is how you do it. How you learn. Crochet is not the same though. And crochet definitely does have a one hand versus the other hand way to do it. And I have never learned how to left hand eyes crocheting. Have you Um, seen anybody to do that? Well, there are a few, but uh, you really have to just learn how to do it right-handed. But I That's don't. What I'm I saying. use. I I hold the crochet hook in my left hand, and uh-huh. what that means is, if I make a hat, um, I made it inside out, and so it's it's outside. I'm sorry, it's inside out while I'm putting it together, and then when I'm finished, I flip it because uh, I I haven't ever been able to figure out how to mirror the the direction and the yarn uh, overing that you're supposed to do to make it a right-handed, right-side-out thing. Um, My grandmother taught me to crochet the basic stitch when I was like six, and Uh she didn't teach me any of the real stitches because she didn't know how to do that. And I could have just tried to mirror her and, and fumbled through, but it made her frustrated and so she didn't do it. So as a result, I actually didn't learn to really crochet until after I was knitting well into my adulthood. Um, but yes, crochet definitely has a right and a left. I, I don't think I've ever seen anybody do it left-handed. <clears throat> well, I or switch hooks or, or switch the hooks in their hands while they're in the process. No, you, uh, I don't. You can't do that because then you get your tension wrong and and you get things that look twisty. Because um, even if you're moving the yarn in the same direction, if you put it in the other hand, it's still going to slant a little bit one way or the other. Um, so you couldn't you couldn't switch them back and forth. But I do hold the crochet hook in my left hand. Yeah. Now, like things like baseball. Now, I could. I've always been able to bat left hand, right handed uh, in sports. I could play either way. And uh, in racquetball, it was the same way in racquetball. You know, I could, I would drive people crazy playing racquetball because I'd switch hands in the middle of the, in the middle of the match, you know? And yeah, well, uh, that's what I did in tennis and people hated that. They're like, what are you doing? Well, I have two forehands. I have no backhand. Oh yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And uh, that's why in boxers, I mean, the, the best, the best boxer is somebody that can go, Starts out boxing and then can switch to southpaw in the middle of the round. Ra- in the middle of the round, yeah, because it gets everybody messed up. Yeah. yeah, I I think it's I think it's just that we need to, um, um, I, I you know I just I'm just not of the school of forcing a kid to be right-handed, you know. Um, no, I'm not either. Shane you know. says I think juggling <clears throat> is an example of being able to use both hands uh, and both sides of the brain. I think juggling is an excellent way to exercise both both hands usage but but uh piano as well piano is a really excellent way to develop um skill and um finesse with both hands yeah and now that i say all of that and we finished our word list and we have reached 8 30 i must be off on my way <coughs> oh no <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, oh, that's right. You are leaving early. 
okay. Well, listen. Uh, I'm. Uh, it's been great. It's been great. I'm glad you. I'm glad we're back to the regular schedule. I'm back back to the regular schedule here. Well, and so, for the uh, other people who were in on the panel, Cindy, I'm sorry, I didn't, I, I, I monopolized all the time, and, and nobody else got a word in. <laughs> so, well, same with Shelby too, but I think Shelby had to drop. Shelby had a phone call from her daughter; she had to take care of. So, yeah, so Shelby and I but, are going to do um, at least for a little bit of next week. Shelby and I are going to do a little bit of our herbal talk. So, I don't think it'll take. The oh, nice! Time next week, but we're going to do a little, a little herbal segment next week. Okay, perfect, perfect. Oh, that works. Yeah. Well, um, so, well, since I know you, you, Shonda, are getting ready to leave us, I mean, I'll be doing like a trivia contest announcement here in just a moment. Great. Well, thank you, everybody. It was nice to be back. I'm glad to see everybody, and I hope you all had a good year beginning. Uh, mine has been pretty decent so far, so I'm hoping for a good year ahead. Um, anyway, I'll see you all next week. All right. Absolutely. Thank you, Miss Shonda. Miss Shonda, there she goes. Off into the sunset to go make money. <laughs> Man, it was great. It was great having her back. Hey, so we got a couple of spots open up on the panel if uh, you want to jump on up. up, up rest. Jump up and uh, help fill the last uh, half hour of the show. That'd be fine. Uh, well, um, go ahead, Eric. Tell us about the trivia because this is trivia. Week. Well, uh, absolutely. If you join us this Friday on the Old Man's Podcast Show, we will be kicking off our January trivia contest. The subject for this month's trivia question will fall under games. So be um, think, thinking about board games and card games as the question might be coming from one of them and um, and how this trivia contest will work, ladies and gentlemen. Is I will read the question live on the air this Friday. And that's also our Promote Your Podcast and Projects Day. And when, when we have our panelists of, of navigators come and join us that day. And um, we will, when I'll read the question live on the air. And then if you know the answer to the trivia question, keep the, the old man's podcast at gmail.com email address handy, as that will be where you will send the answers to your trivia questions. And, and of course, the deadline to submit trivia answers will be the following Thursday, January 18th at 12 a.m. midnight Eastern time, 11 p.m. Central, 10 p.m. Mountain, and 9 p.m. Pacific. But do no later than early Friday morning, January 19th at 7.30 a.m. Eastern time, 6.30 a.m. Central, 5.30 a.m. Mountain, and 4.30 a.m. Pacific. And, and for anybody listening outside of the continental United States, meaning the lower 48 in D.C., the, the, these are continental U.S. time zones. So just remember the time zones you know, according to where you live and people who answer the trivia question correctly via email, you're automatically going to be entered into a drawing and, and it'll be the morning of Friday, January 19th. We announce the lucky winner to our January trivia contest. And the prize up for grabs is a $50 gift certificate to Glowflow Denver. And a little bit later this week, before we kick off the January trivia contest, I will be posting a survey on Twitter X and I will also tie a link to that over on Podbean Podcast Nation, you know, for people to vote in that, that Twitter X survey to help decide the February trivia contest. So be on the lookout for that. And for any of like the Scrabble bag or nondescript, you know, you know, accounts that have been coming in or Podbean guests, as we also like to call them. If you haven't already thought about it, if you want to interact in the shows, call into shows, or maybe even start your own podcast, 
consider downloading the Podbean app today. And Podbean, it's spelled P-O-D-B-A-N, podbean.com. And, um, you know, you know, we love, like, the audience interaction in our live shows while we still at the same time appreciate people da- p- downloading the published episodes, whether it's here on Podbean or if it's on Spotify, Pandora, Google Play, Apple iTunes, Amazon Music, or anywhere podcasts are available. Yeah, get involved. Come on into the live shows. Download that app today. Hey, well, we, we could probably, we'll say this about like podcasts. Like podcasts are, are like the way of the future as like legacy media is, is yesterday's news. Yes, it is. Yeah. You, you get more, I get more news than that from podcasts than that than I do anything else. Hey, speaking of Glowflow Denver, here's the latest and greatest from Glowflow Denver. Good morning, listeners of the Old Man's Podcast. This is Jay Baby coming at you from Glowflow Denver inside Colorado Mills Mall, located in Lakewood, Colorado. You can find us at glowflowdenver.com, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. As soon as new products come in, we post to Instagram and Facebook first. We have products that are LED lit, glow in the dark, and UV reactive. Everything you need for kids' glow parties, roller rinks, festivals, concerts, and more. For the month of January, we have the Buy More, Save More event. If you spend $100, you'll get 10% off and 20% off if you spend $200. This discount does not apply to other discounts. Some of our products include LED strip lights, night lights, flow toys, festival makeup, jewels, and hair, LED name tags, LED screen backpacks, and so much more. Just for being a listener of the Old Man's Podcast, you'll get 10% off, even if you don't spend the $100. Just use the Old Man 10 at checkout. Orders over $80 will give you free shipping. We appreciate everyone's continued support, and remember to just glow with it. Thank you, Jay, baby. There you go. Uh, check her out. And remember, uh, you can use your old man's 10, the discount code. It doesn't matter. It, you can you can spend 50 bucks. You can spend 20 bucks and still use that co- that discount mm-hmm. for your purchase there. Yeah, and there you go. Well, and, and a reminder to previous contest winners here at the Old Man's Podcast Show, because recently we had to, to implement expiration dates on your gift cards. You know, definitely be redeeming those. That way you don't lose out on, on, you know, saving money. Yeah, that hasn't been a problem. People have been using them as soon as they get them. Almost as soon as they get them, they've been using them. So there you go. Hey, Mr. Russ, how are you doing, buddy? Hop on up, Robert. Um, uh, there's crappy, Russ. dude. In and out of the, ho- in really? and out of the hospital the last couple of days getting fluids. Uh, last night, my fever spiked at 103.1. Glad to go back to the hospital. What the French is uh, going on? I got some new strain of COVID. What? But uh, but uh. they they put me underneath some thermal blankets last night. It made me sweat real bad. Yeah. And uh, I feel feel a ton better today than I did yesterday. So still almost feel like sick, they sweat had you sweated out. Yeah, they did. They did. And uh, so did that help but, um, with them? Uh, oh yeah, getting you sweating I mean, and. Uh, Pumping like you full of fluids. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I still feel sore from all the coughing and going up and all that stuff I was doing. Like my muscles are sore. But uh, as far as being sick, I'm. I think I'm past the sick part. So. Nice. Man. Sounds like you got the nephew there, Robert. Let's go school. Yeah, we're trying to get him for to school. Come on. Yeah, I don't even I don't even know how it happens, man. I don't even go nowhere. So I don't know how I'm the one person out of the whole house of everybody who goes well, I know what it is. Everybody else goes in. Sounds like someone delivered. 
yeah, somebody somebody brought it in to me. But uh, yeah. Man. Well, you know, little kids are germ factories. <laughs> yeah. Sarah they or, or Caleb or Tori or Madison must have brought it home. Man. But I've been wrecked all weekend, bro. I'm glad you're feeling a little better, brother. Jeez Louise. Holy moly. Man, that's terrible. Mm -mm -mm. So I don't need to ask you how your weekend was. We know. <laughs> yeah, horrible. Horrible. Yeah. Jeez. Jeez Louise. Man. I'll let people know, though, man. I don't know what this new strain of COVID is that's out there. But... Uh, but if you get it, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, dude. It uh, it, it wreaks havoc hardcore. And just wash your hands. Take care not to get it, man. Yeah, I, I heard you get it through sharing uh, live rooms. Sharing what? Live rooms, you know. Live, uh, live pod, rooms. Pod rooms. <laughs> it's coming through the mic. Coming through the microphone. It's coming through the mic. Oh, Lordy. Lordy. <laughs> Lordy, you know, that's been one of my concerns with Grammy out there running around, uh, is her being out there, you know. And uh, but she's, she's I just talked to her again this morning, she's doing okay. Um, yeah, got my fingers crossed and praying for you. She don't get sick while she's on this trip. Uh, yes. she'll be home, she's fit Saturday. as a fiddle, yeah, yeah, she'll be home Saturday. Grammy's so. fit as a fiddle as a ghost, yeah. fit yeah, as a fiddle. Awesome. She had yeah. a real good time down there, I guess. Oh, I'm she's sure been she having has. a blast. Yeah. yeah, she's been having a blast. Uh, she really had a good time when uh, they uh, hooked up with Shelby and Shelby's mother-in-law last Wednesday. They, had, they definitely looked like they had a good time for sure. Yeah. <laughs> she yeah. was talking about it. every time I call, every time I talk to her, she tells me, "Oh, you know what else happened?" <laughs> and she tells me, "Yeah, she just loves it." Yeah, yeah. So that's good. Yeah, hey, they didn't have catfish for. Her. I know, right? She was saying she was going to go back and get it, uh, but I don't know. We'll see. But, I, I mean, now all of a sudden there's only five days left, and uh, it seems like like that month, the month that she's been gone is just – it went by really quick. But during the time she's gone, it seemed like every day just dragged. You know what I'm saying? So it's interesting. Right, yeah. Time time is weird. Time, the How's that shoulder doing? It is doing so much better. It it seems like every day it feels a little bit better, a little bit better. I'm getting my – being able to get my movement back in it. There's still some areas I can't. My uh, buddy Bob, I was talking to him. He says it sounds to him like I tore my ro – what is it? Rotor, rotor cuff? What is it? The yeah, yeah, and it, rotary cuff. Yeah, it sounds like you Rotary, tore that because yeah. that's a set of muscles. And I go, well, I guess I won't be pitching for the Mariners this season. <laughs> but Still uh, probably do better than the pitchers they got. Yeah, it's starting to come back. It's starting to feel a whole lot better. Uh, yeah, man, nothing feels – you know what? There's two There's what is there's that two called? times when you – Rotary now you got me. Now you got me all thinking about it. Man. I, I think that's what it's called, yeah. Because it's, it's it's the group of muscles that helps your shoulder rotate. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Makes sense I mean, it's to me. Not, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's not the uh, it's not uh, an rotator injury cuff. to the bone. Ro rotator, rotator cuff. Rotator cuff. There you are, yeah. Cindy. Rotator, yeah. rotator cuff. Thanks, Cindy. Yeah. No so problem. it's not, it's not like it's a damage to the the skeleton, the bone of your shoulder. It's the muscles. They get all tore in that, yeah. So, 
Either way, it doesn't sound fun at all. No, it's not. It's not. He told me, Bob says he did it to his shoulder, and it took him 14, 14 months to get back to normal. Uh, no, thank you. That's like that's like someone being pregnant for two kids. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but I heal. I've I've always been a quick healer. I've always healed kind of fast. So uh, hopefully, you know, by the end of January, everything's going to be back, pretty much back to a hundred percent. So yeah, I mean it's. A, you don't realize how much you you know you don't realize how much your shoulders do until you can't use one, or it hurts to use it. You know, I mean it's just uh, you just don't realize that your yeah. shoulders. Do, yeah, the same thing know. with the knees. Like you don't you take them for granted right up until they hurt. When they start hurting. Oh my gosh, they'll yeah. shut everything down. Yeah, you know when I was when I had my knees done, Robert, I was going through the rehab. And, uh, you know, going through the, you know, walking and this and that and this and that. And and then they, they stood up. They go, okay, you ready? I go, yeah, okay. Uh, okay. They go, okay, now stand here. Stand here. You ready? Yeah. Okay. They go, okay, now walk backwards. <laughs> it's like oh, I, could oh, not, I could not walk backwards. I mean, I, I just couldn't. Mm. I couldn't. I mean, my brain's going backwards, backwards. My legs are going, no, no. And uh, yeah, we don't think so. Yeah, the therapist was laughing and he goes, See, what you don't realize is you have had to, you're like a toddler, you got to learn to walk all over again. I go, That's amazing, it's amazing to me that I can't walk backwards. So I had to, you know, I had to, you know, they had to hold me by the arms while I step back. And, yeah, it's all weird. Weird. So did they put they did they have you on those like two rails on either you know one rail on either side where you hold on to that to hold yourself up while you move your legs? Yeah, at first to learn how to walk backwards, not going forward, wow. not going forward. I could pretty much was that all right, but um, yeah, going backwards. Yeah, you know you know what amazes me is okay. All right, so you're sitting down. On the ground, okay. You sit down on the ground one of these days. Do it today. Sit down on the ground, okay. and then, and then just get up. Just, just, just get up and stand up. Now, how are those it's muscles? Not easy anymore. How are those muscles working in your body to get you up? I mean, every muscle has a has like a job to do. I mean. If you think about it, your your muscles are contracting and and everything pulling on your skeleton to get you to stand up. Have you? I mean, just stop right. and think about what does it take for you to move. I mean, and you think of it as far as your skeleton and your muscular system. I mean, it's it's amazing. It, it, it's totally amazing because our body's like fighting gravity. It's it's. Gravity's trying to put, leave us on, keep us on the ground, and our body's just popping up. But yet, we're not being pulled up. Our body is actually repelling gravity. Our muscles are moving. They're pulling on our our bones and our joints, and everything's working in conjunction for us to just stand up. I mean, if you stop to think of it, it's really fascinating. It's it's fascinating. I don't know about I, the popping up anymore. 
<laughs> yeah, well, I, it's, it's more I of a roll over, a push <laughs> up, a grab, and a pull. And yeah, yeah, get, yeah. <laughs> get the fork truck over here and get that crane. Right. Is that crane busy? Get it over here. But yeah, I, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, it used to be when I was younger, I could like sit in the floor Indian style, like with my legs crisscrossed, and yeah. just stand up from that position. Like I could just stand straight up from that position, you know? Yeah. Now, dude, now, now ain't no way. I can't even sit in the floor crisscross anymore. Yeah. I have to sit there. Yeah. It's just but incredible. it's just, if you stop. And then, and then I watch wrestling and I see guys that are 46, 47 years old still doing kip ups. What's and a I'm kip like, hey. That's where you're laying flat on your back and you kick yourself straight to your feet. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What is that? Oh, and, the, and these guys in wrestling, you're saying, in wrestling? Yeah, yeah 47 doing- years old, dude. 47 years old, this man's still doing a kip-up. Um, 250, 260 pounds. Yes, I'm like, how in the... Yeah, that's the- way older than I am. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what? I couldn't do that if I tried. The human body... I couldn't roll over in one solid movement if I tried. <laughs> The human body is absolutely amazing if you start to think about what you're able to do. I mean, it really, it, it is. It, it's just amazing yeah. how you can, and that, uh, you know, that just, just standing up. I mean, it's just your body and how everything works in conjunction. That's why, that's why if your back goes out, you can't, there's a lot of things you can't do because your back is like the center of a lot of movements, you know. They say that the back, the series of muscles in the back are the strongest muscles in the body. Are the strongest muscles in the body until you twist the wrong way. Right. Then they become the weakest. Yeah. It's just amazing to me. Yeah, it's crazy. I don't know about the weakest, but they're definitely the most sensitive. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and when you start getting my age, Robert, I mean, you know. I can, uh, I, I can, I can, I can tear a bicep. I can tear a bicep trying to brush my teeth, you know. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know, just, things, just things just start. Yeah, I think, apart, I think Shelby's know? got a broken rib from, you know, from landing, you know, three feet from where she was started from. You know, she just kind of dropped to the floor and broke her rib. Oh yeah. So. yeah. That that friend of the show, Cat. Uh, I can't remember what she comes in as. Um, mama bear yeah, one tough mama bear. Yeah, one tough mama bear. I mean, she she slips and falls down in the uh, in the, on the you know on ice. She slips on ice and shatters her collarbone. What? Uh, didn't she just? Didn't she just get like a new like start a new adventure in life? Yeah. Is that yeah. her? Yeah, like she started this whole new thing. Did she get there and then? Oh, it's icy and fall. Oh no, she walked out of her apartment. Slipped and fell there. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. So she didn't even get to go on her new adventure. Like that hasn't even started yet. Well, no, she's in no, I think what you're talking about is she inherited that bed and breakfast. Right. Bed and yes. breakfast right. Bed. But wasn't she moving up there? Uh she's yeah, she's yeah, kind of sorta. Of. Yeah, she was getting ready to open it and start it. But it's up and running now. I mean it's up and running now. She's just doing everything by the phone. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then ah, and then she was gonna. That is a horrible then timing. Gonna, then she's gonna take her <laughs> laundry down the stairs and do some laundry, and she loses her balance and falls down the stairs. Is oh, she the uh, is she the one with the bulky talkie with the neighbor? Yeah, the neighbor. Yeah, yeah. And then and then she gets back from there and then she falls and and uh, cracks an elbow 
all within yeah. two weeks. I mean, it's like, oh my God. Oh, and then she's still lady. smiling and laughing, dude. That's what yeah. blows my mind. And just recently, Ugh. like what, what Russ is alluding to, she fell and there was a big thud on the ground. And she's her neighbor and her talked to a walkie talkie and she fell. And the neighbor heard the thud and she goes, Come in, crash. Come in, crash one. Come in, crash one. Are you okay? Are you okay? <laughs> no, I fell. I fell. I've fallen and I can't get up. I mean, yeah, she's she's going, she's going through it. Wow. Um, uh, speaking of which, we are going to do that. We are going to get around and doing that interview that I have with her. It's going to be Tom and Cat, Tom and Cat talk, and uh, it's going to be a little interview that we're going to do. And once uh, she's able to get to a microphone. I don't know what's going on with her. Uh, but, yeah, Cindy, uh, Cindy fell at her daughter's wedding, and then she fell a couple of days after that at home. Uh, I was talking to Big Man. Penny. Big Penny was in California over the holidays, and she stepped into her daughter's boat, slipped and fell. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, let's all stop falling. I mean, I know it's the season and all, but – why don't we just all stay upright, not not be falling? That's all. Yeah, not, let's, let's keep from getting sick anymore. I mean, that's yeah. a bad deal. Yeah, that that's my problem is getting sick. I, I I'm sturdy, yeah. dude. I'm a ninja. I don't fall. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking you caught like one thing, and then you were like under the weather for that, and caught something else. That's what be. I'm thinking. You could have back-to-back oh. uh, infect, infections there. Dude, I was telling my wife, yep. dude, man, I've, I've been sick or had some kind of crap going on with my leg or something for like the last year and a half, dude. Yeah. Tired of it, man, really. Well, I ain't, I ain't saying anything because the last time I opened my fat mouth, I got sick. Yeah, yes. <laughs> I'm not saying nothing. <laughs> I'm with you on that. I don't want to get sick. My get that. My yeah. Oh. But man, oh, and then crazy dog. And then underneath my yawning, my my awning in the backyard, uh, it's above my roof, you know. And so there's something going on with my drain, my my rain gutter there. I mean, it's like I've got this screen over my gutter to keep the crap from going into my rain gutters, and it works. Right, but it gets clogged. It, it right there at right there at my door, and it's like, what is going on? So I'm sitting there, and I'm going, well, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to get the Welcome ladder, and jump up on the ladder, and look and see what's going on here, so I can, uh, so I can fix this thing, you know. And as soon as that Robert, as soon as I started thinking about getting up on the ladder, I started sweating. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Dang, Pie kicked me out, man. Ah. Yeah, I don't know what happened there. Well, well, and we're fixing to have to start heading on out of here in about five yeah, minutes, to, or Podbean shuts us down. Yeah, yeah we're gonna we're gonna start closing the shop down. Uh, we're gonna kick on the lights so we can clean up the place and get out of here. Absolutely. I'm gonna th I'm gonna fire up the uh, theme music right now, Eric, so we can get going. Hey, but don't forget trivia question Friday. You got to be here Friday so you can hear that trivia question and get your answers turned in for another opportunity for. Uh, $50 gift certificate. Eric, seems like it's been forever since we had a trivia contest. Right. Uh, um, we did the December one so early. Yeah. Right. Um, but I know coming up on Podbean today, if you see Shorty V around today, be sure to send some birthday cheer her way and, um, and, um, be on lookout for Caps to, to do his chill show and be on lookout for 
Russ to do the, the lunchtime outside normal and outside the pulse later. And I guess it'll depend on how you feel, Russ. If he feels yeah, like well, it. I'm, I'm definitely doing outside the pulse tonight. I don't know about the lunchtime show. But I, I guess if somebody else wants to pick up the slack, they're more than welcome to. But, but of course, I'm be on lookout for slightly serious. Um, if in the event he decides to fire up an, an impromptu show with him and Pertwee and yours truly, and um, and we'll be back tomorrow when Amber May joins us. Welcome. Yeah, to tomorrow, tomorrow is Amber May Day. Tuesday, Amber May Day. So you want to come in and join us with Amber May? And uh, you know, don't let her uh-huh. know you're not. Hey, Russ, don't let her know you're not feeling good. Man, I tell you what, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she'll try to hit you while you're down, man. She'll try to hit you while you're down. <laughs> hey, and ho- hopefully we might Scott on a new schedule for their Pulse Headline News show, but carry on. Well, he's got a job now. I think he got a job. He's working. Oh, really? If I'm not mistaken, he said something about getting a job. Yeah. Hey, man, listen, check us out. Check out our webpage, www.theoldmanspodcast.com. Go there, check out our webpage, go to the episodes, click that, and uh, you can get caught up on all current and past episodes there. Download there and uh, listen to some shows. And also, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Pandora, CastBox, iHeartRadio, and, of course, on Podbean. Check out Feed Spot. You can find all our episodes there and on iTunes. We're everywhere. We are everywhere. So check us out. Hit those follow buttons. If you're new to the show, hit the follow buttons. Hit the downloads and uh, just keep coming back because we're not going anywhere. We're here. Absolutely. 7 a.m. Pacific time, 10 a.m. Eastern time. All right, man. I'm. Now I'm all giddy. I'm all excited because Grammy's coming back in five days. Absolutely. And we also have, hope to have Sue UK join us on Friday since her birthday is on Saturday. Yeah, so if Sue is listening to this, you have an invite to Friday's show. Yeah, if you want if you want to be sung happy birthday by the old man's drunken sailor choir, let us know when your birthday is. They come in and we'll sing. And, um, and next Monday it'll be Shane's birthday, which we know he'll definitely be here for that. Yes, indeed. Yes, uh-uh. indeed. Hey, and tonight is the uh, NCAA uh, men's football uh, championship. Oh, nice. The Huskies against Michigan. Go, Wolf. Go, uh, go, Dogs. Let's go, Dogs. Uh, that would be fitting for them, for a Pac-12 team to win the national championship, being this will be the last game for a Pac-12 team. Because next year there is no more Pac-12. Uh, but they got to they got to a tall, uh, tall order trying to beat Michigan. I'll tell you that. I'm going to try to watch the game. Anyway, you guys get out there and have a great day. Have a lot of fun. Do random acts of kindness. Be nice to people. And uh, and remember, good things happen to people to good people. So be good and good things will happen to you. That's it. Yeah, and if you else? can find uh, Robert, five things to be grateful for today, do so. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Rush, got anything else before we get out of here? Uh, go grab a Mountain Dew and Moon Pie, some Pedialyte. Have a good one. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> or, um, as my favorite Atlanta radio disc jockey Jordan Gray would always say, "No, you're loved." Right. And Cindy, you got anything to say, Cindy? No. Nope, God bless everybody. Uh, God bless everybody. Be safe. Yeah. Get healthy. Get rest. Get get healthy. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. All right. Uh, 
We're going to let Big Rich Dog close this out, and then we're gone. What do you guys say there, Big Rich? This is Big Rich Dog from the Dreadnought 928 Podcast, and you've been listening to the Old Man's Podcast with Eric Kirk and the Navigators, live on Podbean. All right, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow. Later, Gators. Take it easy. See you on the Podbean, Later, everybody. Ra- Russ. Great, Get better, yeah, Russ. Cindy, thank you. Yeah, Robert, well. thanks. A special thanks to Shonda. Thank you, Shonda. All right. Yeah, thank you. Later, Gators. Later, Later everybody. Gators. Bye.